Welcome to the Bounty Zero X podcast. I'm your host, Angelo Adam, founder and CEO of Bounty Zero X. Bounty Zero X is a decentralized bounty hunting network powered by the BNTY token. Today is July 25th, 2018, and my guest on the show is Tariq Krebeck. Tariq is the CEO of Labor Crypto, and we're happy to have him on the show today to discuss Labor Crypto and uh, the project that he's currently working on. Tariq is a serial entrepreneur and tech startup founder with expertise and passion that sits at the nexus of innovation, lifestyle improvement, and social good. He previously built Laura D'Afrique, a line of top beauty products carried in 400 salons across the country and sold via e-commerce. He also designed and built Chore Relief, a market-disruptive connectivity technology solution providing on-demand home business repair and improvement currently serving Chicago and New York. So, Tariq, welcome to the Bounty Zero X podcast. Hey, thanks, Adam, for having me. So, Labor Crypto is a global peer-to-peer freelance ecosystem that has a unique property of sharing revenue with its users. So it was founded by the team behind Shore Relief. And so why don't you tell me a little bit about uh, Labor Crypto? So Labor Crypto is an Ethereum-based peer-to-peer freelance platform that connects freelancers with customers for a very low financial burden, but primarily focus on, on, on building loyalty, create an opportunity, and empower the active users by sharing the revenue. Great. So tell me a little bit about the... Loyalty. How do you, what strategies are you using to build loyalty in a freelancing marketplace where today a user can go to any platform and there's a number of platforms? There's Fiverr, Upwork, Freelancer, and all of these platforms, users can go ahead and sign up, complete jobs, and just jump from platform to platform. So, what do you do to make users? want to complete jobs on your platform versus one of the other platforms? Excellent question. And Adam, that's the biggest actual problem for our from our study and recent experience of being in this space for the past few years. The way we can build actual user loyalty is by we have to, to compensate people for their attention, time, and data and the value that they create. As a platform ourselves, we wouldn't exist if it wasn't up to the users and their loyalty. So the platform itself generates multiple stream of income, primary two, which is a 3% transaction fee uh, versus the other competitors that charge 20 to 30%. So that's itself, it's incentivizing them to use us rather than use the other ones. The fact that we're using cryptocurrency is we also get in the actual workers paid faster, seconds, if not uh, rather than days or weeks. And as a platform itself, as we grow, we also have a revenue generator from advertising. And what we do is we we combine all the stream of revenue that Labor Crypto collects and we give away half of that back to the users based on every individual contribution. Think of it like what users of the credit card did to cash. When you use a credit card, you get rewards, you get points that you can redeem for cash or you can redeem for gift cards. But if you use cash, you don't get nothing. So for our businesses is to thank the value that these users are creating for us, either consumers or freelancers. We feel like they, they are entitled to receive shares of the revenue. So how do you determine how much revenue any given user would earn from the revenue generated by the platform? So is it based off of how active a user is on the platform? 
Yeah. So what we have, we have a math formula that counts exactly what was your personal contribution. So here's an example. If a customer spent a hundred dollar in our platform and then the worker generated a thousand dollar or maybe another customer spent another thousand dollar in the platform, we look at it this way and we see the customer one spend 10 times less than customer two or, or, or user number two. And then what we do is we take all the revenue stream. It's easy for us to do that it's internally. And then half of it, we split it across how many users do we have? So if we only have two users that, that transact in the platform, then one user will be getting 1x, the other user will be getting 10x of what that user get. Depends on whatever the, the other stream of income that we've collected. So it's all done through math and it's compensate every individual's based on not the time that they spend on the platform, but more on how much have they spent or how much have they earned. So freelancing marketplaces are becoming pretty significant part of the way people earn income now. And that's growing every day. So in the future, we anticipate that that marketplace and market will grow even further. Where do you see the marketplace heading for freelancers and this so-called gig economy? So the, our research and study have shown that approximately freelance contribute $1.4 trillion to the U.S. economy annually. That's with the T. And that's an increase almost 30% since last year. A lot of these freelancers or workers or employees in general, they do see that in 20 years from now, their job are going to be gone, either replaced by an automation, uh, AI, or even a robot. And a lot of people that we see nowadays jumping into the freelance market is 63% of them are doing it based on their own choice. They want to have that control of freedom, do what they love and get paid for it rather than having to work on in a company where you work on someone else's potential dream. And we can see that, especially millennials from the recent market crash back in 2008, there were people working for corporations for 20, 30 some years that would lay it off. And that's one thing that millennials or even the upcoming generations are so fed up with is they always been placed second. Numbers come first and then people come second. And the, the industry in terms of the freelance market itself, it, as it grows, I'm looking at the actual graphic. It's already, it's going to be bypassing the actual, the U.S. workforce. So could you repeat that? The freelancing? So the, the growth, the, the growth rate for U.S. workforce versus freelance workforce, the actual freelance workforce growth is bypassed already the U.S. workforce back in 2015. So we're seeing more actual people that are freelancers, 53 millions to be exact. And that numbers is growing. Yeah, so 34 approximately percent of the workforce has done freelancing and more people are going to be doing freelancing in the future. And they're going to be doing freelancing instead of working a full-time job. So potentially maybe have multiple different freelancing jobs at the same time. So is that good? Is that better? Is it is it better for people to be working as a freelancer? versus working at a company because at a company they may not have as much job security because they're not self-employed as like they are as a freelancer but there's also some downsides to it because as a freelancer you don't necessarily know when you're going to be getting paid next and you don't have that steady stream of income that you do when you're working for a company so do you think that it's uh necessarily a good thing that people are primarily becoming more employed as freelancers versus as full-time employees? 
I think that's entirely a, a choice of of the people, but we've we've started seeing more entrepreneurs in the past few years than we've seen in the last two decades. I think personally, I feel that entrepreneurs are the next rock stars, are the innovators. Big companies they do great job at validating the market and and doing a lot of legwork, but they stop innovating and they need entrepreneurs, freelancers, those. Those are the minds that comes with innovation, innovation ideas and move the actual, the human race forward. So I really believe that we're going to be seeing much more freelancers in the next five years that we will ever actually imagine that would have happened. It's already been out there. Uh, there's billions of people already freelancers around the world. There are over a billion dollar that Upwork and Freelancer.com generated every year. And that number is climbing. And that's not even include the transaction that goes off the platform. As you might know, a lot of these big, big, big corporations, they are losing so much revenue by not really giving that much value and, and, and focus on the user loyalty. Now, when users use a freelancing platform, the platform usually takes a service fee, which is incentivizing the freelancers and the clients to move off the platform and engage in a transaction where the freelancer can capture more of the value rather than giving a percentage of that fee to the freelancing platform. And similar in, you know, Airbnb, Uber, Upwork, Fiverr, 20, 30% fees. And so that is incentive for the companies to go and negotiate deals. But then the, the platform itself also offers some protections. And so it's, do you think it's fair that they take like a 20 or 30% cut for what they're offering in exchange? And do you think that's valuable? No, what well, first and foremost, like by the use of the fiat currency itself, there's a, they, they have to pay a transaction fee to the credit card payment processing system. Unless if they have their own payment processing system, then they can save that 2.99% plus 30 cents for each transaction. Now, there's the, another issue when you talk about the incentive. Of course, yes, people will undercut you if they just get, if they can save 1% more, they will go directly behind your back and do business with the clients. However, when it comes down, the, the first transaction between workers and freelancers is always the skeptical one because you don't know the person well enough. You're not sure if you want to trust them. But once you conduct that transaction within, you know, these middleman platforms and you've had a great reconnection result from that work, from hiring that worker, then you're more confident to do it off platform. That doesn't mean there might not be a risk where there might be some issues. There are always going to be some certain issues. But what if we can actually combine that comfort of doing business directly with your preferred freelancer, reduce the cost fee tremendously that it's incentivized them, and also use smart contract to provide the safety in the event of something goes wrong. Mm. And that's what, what labor crypto is bringing to the table. Now, on top of that, we also reward them. Even though regardless when you do the transaction, you're still going to be rewarded for using the ecosystem. So here's, here's what the labor crypto token does. In any business, we have three constituents. We have the customer, the worker, and the shareholder. Now, the customer, they care about a great user experience, good deal, free if they can get it. The workers, they want to get paid for something they love the most and then go home to their family. And then shareholders, all they care about is a return of an investment. Now, the three pillars of a business, they have complete misalignment of an interest. And then by using a token in that protocol. So to use the protocol or use business, you need a token. Now, because you have a token, you're also capturing any appreciation resulting from the action of the whole entire community. 
So even though you came in as a as a customer, now you to look a little bit more like a shareholder. Now, because you benefit from everybody does, you also start yourself contribute to that business. And if you're a developer, you start pitching ideas or build on top of the ecosystem. And that's the only time where all the three pillars of the business interest is aligned. Now, I want you to think of this for a second. Greatest businesses we've ever seen in our decades started from a small handful of team built in the garages. And those people, they have one, they share one vision, one interest. Imagine if millions of people or billions of people around the globe share the same vision, the same interest in that business. How big of an empire can we build here? And this is the purpose of the using the, the blockchain, like the idea of monetizing data goes out of the window. And in the blockchain space, we don't use word like me, my, or I. We replace those with we together and us. This is when unity comes together and people are working together toward the same goal. And then we feel that this is why they deserve to have a piece of the revenue that the platform generated. So it sounds like the tokens are used. Well, why don't you tell me a little bit about the tokens and how they're used on the platform to share the revenue and what the token model is. So we're issuing two set of tokens. One that is a purely security tokens that comes with 5% revenue every 12 months to all the investors. And that's what we use in during the ICO for the investment. And every person that purchases the, the security token will also get an airdrop utility tokens that they can use off on the platform to transact either hiring or, or fulfilling jobs. And the, the utility token is the one that is going to be subject to the 50% revenue share. So there's two tokens, the security token and the utility token. So the security token is like a share in the, in the labor crypto company. And then the utility token is used to pay for jobs on the platform. So what is the way, how are the freelancers earning a share of the revenue? Do they need to hold the, do they need to have the security token in order to do that? They don't need to. They don't have to. What we do is we use a chain code smart contract that keep track on their earning or their spending. And then every three months, we calculate what was that earning or spending percentage based on how much we generated as a business. And then we'll just do the, the distribution that way. So they don't have to actually hold on to the tokens. If you can transact with it, that's you can keep it in your wallet or off wallet. It doesn't make any difference. We just keep track on what was being transferred from one person to another. And uh, that's how we uh, we do the revenue share. As far as the security token holders, those, they don't have to transact on the platform. They don't have to do nothing. Every 12 months, they will get that 5% revenue share back to them. And that also will be done using uh, a Chainco smart contract that will communicate with the Ethereum smart contract for the token. We use in um, a combination of Hyperledger and uh, an Ethereum blockchain network. So with the security token, where will the revenue and what percentage of the revenue will be distributed back to the freelancers and which, how much, what percentage will be retained and distributed to the security token holders and retained by the company? Is that set yet or is that uh, currently? No, it's set already. So the 5% of whatever the platform generated in 12 months, that's a gross revenue, will be split shared with the actual own security token holders. Now, there might be situations where they're going to be people that own both tokens, the utility and the security. It doesn't matter. We're still, the utility tokens will be getting 50% of the revenue every three months, 
So whatever we generate every quarter, we'll, we'll do the math and we'll share those revenue. And in whatever we generate the whole entire, and that does not go into affect the actual revenue of the 12 months. So by the end of, for the security tokens, they will be getting 5% of whatever the revenue generated, including that 50% that we give away during those courses of three, uh, four quarters. So tell me a little bit more about the utility token. So you mentioned that it's used by the companies posting jobs on the platform in order to pay freelancers with. Is that correct? Correct. So the token will be used as the only form of payment. And that's including if anybody wants to do advertising in our platform, they will use the token, the utility tokens to pay for that advertising fee. Also, the utility tokens will be used for customers that are willing to post jobs. And that's the actual form of payment that's going to be transferred, a value purchase that's going to be transferred to the workers. So why did you decide to make it, let's say, limit us only that, that only that token is allowed uh, rather than just letting people transact in Ethereum or any ERC-20 token or you know any other blockchain token? What was the, the reasoning for making the decision? What do you think the benefits are of, of holding, of, of retaining the only token that can be transacted is is that token? Well, I mean, we've thought about that, and uh, the answer is we want to create the value for our token, that uh, purchase power that goes up with more users are are holding to it. We can't be doing that if we just have any other tokens. What we'll be doing is we'll be creating value for other tokens rather than creating a value for our tokens, which incentive, which actually create value for our investors and our users. It's almost like you go into a, a restaurant and then you want to ask for order from the next door restaurant to be brought up to that place. The, the value we wanted is we want it to be for our supporters and users. So what type of jobs and what type of marketplace will the labor crypto marketplace specialize in? Will it be more focused on like software development tasks or real world tasks or do you have like a, a market niche that you're like focusing on at least initially or are you just generally going open to like any types of, of jobs? We have, uh, so what the type of job we're focusing more and more like the technical. So, you know, developers, designers, content writers, video makers, the, the first, I think there was about seven or eight top industries, but even within those categories, there's a lot of different subcategories that people can actually select from. The, the primary focus for us is anything that is, has to do with the ELANs. So if you need to hire someone overseas, we'll have a variety of pool, but it's got, I also have that flexibility of, of freelancers picking up and selecting jobs based on, on their skills and, and their needs. But I want to say something that we want, when we create the value for the utility tokens, our goal is to integrate that token in other applications that are in the gig economy or the freelance economy. Some other platforms that are can throw their own tokens. And this is what we want. We want to make the labor crypto tokens known by for the labor re, uh, labor industry. So others platforms that are facing the same problem, like the latency of getting their workers paid, the issue of the not having a lot of people that potentially could be using their services or providing services like the end banked individual around the globe, they can use our token also as a form of payment within the ecosystem. And that's why we want to focus on just that value of getting it in the hands of, of, of the right audience. So how do you make sure that the freelancers are, you know, high quality freelancers and 
when a company wants to hire a freelancer on your platform, they go there, they look at the available freelancers. How can they identify which one they want to hire and which freelancer would be the best for the job? And I think that's the same question gets asked to Upwork and freelancer. The only way, especially for at the beginning of the stage, you really don't know if that freelancer is fit. But then again, there's the review and rating system that gives the clients that little bit of sense of this person, how many jobs have they done? What are the previous clients are thinking? And we also have what I call a library where these freelancers get to showcase some of their work. So clients can have a better sense of understanding. Now, keep in mind that there is always a, a dispute mechanism system involved. There's going to be milestones. So clients aren't be paying for certain things unless if the milestones are being fulfilled. So that's also put a peace of mind in the client's head. But as far as the how do we know? That's the same questions that everybody in the space is is having. Yes, there are going to be some bad apples, but that's what the rating system is for. So the, those bad apples gets to be weed out and it gets to be moved out. Now, one thing as as the platform mature, we will have some form of an education pro, pro, protocol or with partnership with the different entities that do a training, licensing, certificate where some of these freelancers, in order to see their sensitive, high-paying jobs, they need to have certain set of skills. And those set of skills, in order to get, you have to prove or show that you received a certificate or diploma that you actually qualify to do those, you know, $5,000, $10,000, or $100,000 jobs. And that's for us how we can filter the A quality from, you know, B, C, D, and then the rest. And what are some of those licensing organizations or certifications that people will need to or be able to have the option if they want to verify that they've completed various certifications for? Or is it just like the standard? Are you planning on working with any specific companies in the space for the certification of licensure? Right. So we're, we're in talk with a couple that they specialize in, in doing the certificate and register them on the blockchain. So that create that transparency. We could easily verify if that person really did took that course or not. So, and as we obviously grow in the space, more, more entities will come up. The goal is we want to create a value for our freelancers. This isn't just to, you know, put like this microscope on them and limit their, their abilities. It's more of to enhance their skills. We want them to start receive those great paying jobs. I mean, some people are generating like it, it, they have to do like 20, 30 different jobs for like 50 bucks, 100 bucks to make ends meet. But what if we can get you one job for 10 grand and then you can get that done in two months? That's a great payday. But the value we're focusing on is getting the actual clients what they want and getting the freelancers that that the boost and the support they need to be where they need to be. Whatever their dream is, we can help them achieve it. Now, one other thing we're creating with our ecosystem is the collaboration protocol. And what that does is, remember when I said earlier that customers have to go to the platform and have to go through the same painstaking process each time they come back? Well, we can simply change that by allowing some form of a collaboration between the freelancers. Kind of like how doctors and lawyers, they do. They refer customers and patients to each other. But freelancers, they've been put in an area where they have to be competing against each other rather than working with each other. I mean, you cannot have all the skills that I need for my business. But I'm sure you have someone in your network that has that set of skills that complement your skills. And in this way, me as a client, next time I come back to the platform and try to hire someone, I can easily reach out to you and say, hey, you build, you design my website. It's beautiful. I like it. Now I need someone to build it for me. Who would you recommend? 
And that's how you start build that uh, relationship between the clients and the freelancers. And just because we facilitate in it, we actually embrace in it. So we don't have to worry about taking it off platform. You can keep it within the platform. And what Stan's going to give you, it's always going to keep that conversation. Uh, it's, it's combination between having to use send money with PayPal or Western Union versus using Skype for communication. We want to put all of that in front of you in one platform. And you're still going to be saving yourself a lot of money and time and hassle. So for the new clients that you're onboarding onto the platform, when I say clients, I mean companies who are posting jobs. So what is going to be your pitch to the company to incentivize them to post their job, their applicator, their hiring wanted form on your platform versus on one of the other uh, freelancing platforms. So I, I take it you would say that it's the, you know, a combination of all of the, the benefits that you've mentioned, you know, the, these benefits are primarily, well, some of them we discuss are focused primarily on from the point of view of the freelancer. So why would a freelancer want to use your platform? So we said that they have the lower, fees, you know, they have some of the other things we talked about. So, but let's focus on the client side. So when a host, when a company is posting a job, what are, what reasons would they want to post jobs on your platform versus many of the other, because there are so many different like freelancing networks and ones that specialize in certain niche areas. So what can you offer that is like a unique value proposition for some of these companies to say, you know what, out of all of these options, we're going to post it on this platform versus some of the other ones, which may already have some of the scale that is attractive. Because one of the things that's attractive is, you know, a large pool of, of candidates that can, can see the job. So how do you get up to that like level of scale and, and what are the value propositions that you're offering on the on the company side to incentivize them to post the jobs? So there's uh, three or four different things that we offer to the clients. One of them is, if you look at all these other platforms, they don't care, cater to and what we like to call them in, in the industry, the top tier freelancers. A lot of these top tier freelancers, they'd rather work with the clients directly because they don't want to pay. They don't feel like they should be paying 20, 30 percent service fee. So we create an ecosystem that caters to all the businesses, regardless of the, the, their needs, if they're from the complex task to the simple task as just designing the simple business card. And from our discussion to a couple freelance, a couple um, uh, consulting firms, they find themselves spending a lot of money paying service fee like wiring and, and Swift banking transaction fees, this could easily save them that issue and actually pay them back for their contribution. Everybody wants to get reward for their spending. Other platforms don't provide that, either if you're a business or a company. Anybody could use that. And the other thing that I mentioned is the actual, the ease of use experience each time you come back to the platform. Those companies, they go to other Upwork or freelancers, whatever the existing platforms out there, and they have to go through the same process again. Post a job, read 20, 30, sometimes 90 different bids. Have to go through every individual freelancers to finally pick one. It's it's time consuming. And if their business, their time is money. And we can help reduce that time with every time they come back to labor crypto. Those those issues will be fading away. So tell me about the, I want to transition over to a different topic, a different component of the platform the arbitrage system. So in the event of the dispute, so it's inevitable there's going to be disputes. Either the, the freelancer completed the work and said they didn't get paid 
And then the hosts, on the other hand, or the company may say, well, the work wasn't done properly or it didn't meet the requirements. So how do you strike a balance between the interests of the freelancers and the interests of the companies? And who is, how are those disputes arbitrated? Because this is like a, one of the main overhead costs for these uh, platforms, like freelancing platforms, is they invest a lot of time and effort into arbitrating these disputes between uh, users of the platform. So what do, what do you think is uh, the best way to approach this component of this important and frequently overlooked issue in, in the freelancing space? So for that, we, we initially will have an, an inside team that handled those dispute charges. But the overall game plan is in the next three to five years, what we want is Every time there is a dispute, there, there's an escrow smart contract that will trigger. And what that smart contract does, it will hold the funds and it will take 1% of whatever that total of that job from every party's per wallet. So if a job is at a thousand bucks, the contract will take 10 bucks from your wallet and take 10 bucks from the actual uh, freelancer's wallet. And then we'll po publish that dispute to top tier freelancers. So these are freelancers that have done so many jobs or customers that have fulfilled so many jobs that have fulfilled or done jobs within that particular job category. So they have an experience and they have a knowledge to be a better judge. And we'll just let them vote for the whatever. The, and each party will obviously submit the evidence of the work has been done and the client has said, no, the work has not been done. And then those individuals will be actually able to vote on which one that wins the case either the customer and the freelancer. Those are going to be a complete random individuals. And then they have to have at least four star ratings and they have to have done a countless of jobs within that particular category of uh, where that, that job falls under that would issue in the dispute with. And then whoever win the dispute will receive the money, the $1,000, for example, will get the $10 that we put a hold from their wallet. And then that 10 bucks will be distributed among the three individuals that voted on that dispute. So there's there's three individuals who vote on the on each dispute. Yeah, I mean we we need to get two yeses out of three. I mean it could be if it could be just two individuals. The first two that say yes, yes, then that's it, the dispute is over. Or we could just put it among five individuals, depends on the if it's a and we could transition that if it's just a minimum a paid job like less than five hundred bucks, we just need two yeses. If it's more than five hundred dollar job that we can use three yeses. So we will need like five people to vote. But the people are going to be picked according to the criteria. First, you must have received or done jobs within that category. And it's easy for us to, to pull that out. You have to have at least four star ratings and you have to have like, we haven't figured out what would be the minimum jobs done to fit you or to be qualified. This also will encourage the newbies to do more jobs and more business so they can rank up higher in, in the hierarchy level so they can start get some of these disputes as well. Yeah, that makes sense. So you had previously been a member, a founding member of the uh, chore relief platform. So what did you learn from that, and how did that influence your outlook on on labor crypto? And what what experience did you bring over from that to this? So yeah, so when we did the chore relief, our goal was to for the consumer basically we wanted to have make it affordable to anyone, regardless of their income, to be able to afford help to do things around the house like cleaning, landscaping, and handiwork. 
And we did that by allowing the consumers to name the price and the, and the, the protocol will connect them with workers within their community where that price might make sense. And then what we did for the workers is we cater to two entities, either an individual that is looking to turn downtime into pay time, just do this part time or an individual or thriving entrepreneur that wants to actually build a business within this space. So we provided them with a mobile app that allows them to connect with customers. And we also provided them with a user dashboard that allows them to do things like scheduling, uh, dispatching, invoicing, and even hiring if they need to, to add more more members to their team and allocate certain type of uh, services for that uh, member of the team to do. But and during that time, we've actually talked to over thousands of our workers. And some of the pain sticking that we've come across was the latency it takes to get paid. I mean, we've done a great job even splitting the payment at the, pri- at the processing system. So that way they receive their money at the same time as we receive our cut. We charge 20% transaction fee. So some, they would go and they would do business with clients and then the clients and then the worker just trying to basically hand them their business card and say, hey, if you need me next time, call me. And we actually do follow up with clients just to kind of get their feedback and, and see what, you know, how was the experience overall? So that's one issues out there that we constantly find ourselves spending money advertising, trying to get workers and clients. But if this client's, if this worker like this client or this client like this worker, chances are they're probably going to do business directly. And that's what the user loyalty was an issue. The other issue was some of the workers for us, they were complaining that they don't get paid faster enough. Now, if you actually, if we, if they do a job on Friday, Saturday and Sunday, it's not counted as a working day. So they get their money all the way till Tuesday, sometimes Wednesday. And that itself was a problem for us because it makes the workers angry. And the last, another issue was that we have actually a lot of people that didn't have a bank account. And that could be for a variety of reasons. And we had to create an, our own separate business bank account so we can cut checks and mail them every two weeks. And with time, you can tell that that's going to be time consuming and it's just, you know, a lot of legwork. Now, that's what we've seen these problems with that space. And we can't solve them with the current technology that we have available without the adoption of blockchain, cryptocurrency and smart contract. And that's the actual experience we bring into the labor crypto. We're not new to this or fantasizing about this idea. We actually lived it for the past couple of years. We've understand the painstaking issues with it. And then one of the things that we had done with labor, with Shore Relief is we would always do uh, conference calls and meet up with the workers and try to go over some mentor and give them some ideas. And you can see some of the videos we have on our website where we want them to start thinking like a business rather than just a small, small employee. It's our goal is this way. You, you, you succeed, we succeed. But there's always this issues of the loyalty, the issues of the service fee and the issues of latency of getting them paid. So where are you guys in terms of the development and when did you guys start working on labor crypto and what is the, the timeline for the next uh, couple of months? So I see here from your white paper that you're doing your reg A offering in August and then uh, token distribution in September. And then uh, building the a- some of those dates might get pushed a little bit away. We got hit with the market size recently. I mean, in the past three months, the market has been just going down, so we were we didn't expect that. So some of the things that are going to be pushed away, like the Reg A, but we're planning on filing the Reg A plus as soon as we close the pre-sale 
the this token distribution will happen obviously once the ICO is completed. It could be maybe a month down the line from what's the the roadmap is. But one thing for sure is the production has already begun way ahead of schedule. So if you look at a Libra Crypto site, you'll see that the view of the actual design of what the platform is going to look like. So it gives people the sense of seeing how it is. And we choose to make it even like there was a psychology behind it when we were building it is we wanted to build it in a way that it's similar to things that people frequently engage with, like those top freelance platforms, as well as the top social media platforms when it comes down to advertising. So even when you look at the advertising sections in our platform, it's kind of similar to what Facebook does with how big, big websites, they, they position those banners. So the users doesn't have to learn how to, you know, where to find things. And as far as the actual posting a job or filling a job, it's also something that is simple and they're familiar with. And uh, that also will be more uh, pushed faster and forward as we close the pre-sale. So we don't have to wait till the end of the actual ICO to begin everything. We're already having a lot of things moving in parallel right now as we speak. So when the companies are posting the jobs on the platform, how do you ensure that they correctly post the job because they may have never used a freelancing platform before and there's going to be some learning curve. So what what are some like UI and UX design guidelines and what is your strategy uh, and how is your team handling the, the design of the website so that it's uh, user-friendly and so that the users on the website can, you know, post post jobs clearly with specific requirements and, not run into issues that lead to disputes later on due to like unclear specifications uh, of the job? So what we do is we broke the process of posting the job into steps. And then we just can make every step focus on one specific item. This way, their whole attention is figuring out what category do you think your job falls under? Select one. Now, once you get to that point, now what type of skills do you want in the individual? And then you can select multiple skills up to 20 different skills. And then the next thing would be just input your business. It's very simple. Like it's literally, it's not that difficult or complex. And the next step would be just write the description. What is exactly that you want them to do? Either way, you're not going to be awarding the job to them yet. You're just giving the actual freelancers an idea what, what is it that you need help with. Figuring out the job is when you start the communication with the freelancer, when you start chatting with them or video talking with them or even you know, voice talking to, with them. That's when you figure out what are, okay, maybe I didn't think this through. Maybe this is what I need. Because a lot of time what's going to happen is you're going to have a client that wants to do something, but they don't have a clear picture on their head. And we can have an actual options as you post a job that if you want one of our team specialists to help you find the, the best candidate to your post, that's gonna, just going to be like a minimum extra fee. And then we can do that. So personally, we go through the database and find out which is the best candidate that have done some of the similar job that you're looking for, and then we can facilitate that for you. That's an extra things that we can provide to the big companies and big services that other places don't, they don't get. They can get a personal assistant when it comes to that, to that. It doesn't get any much easier than that. And like I said, you know, it's not everything in one shot screen and you can see the video of, uh, of that user experience from the, uh, how to post a job and you can see how it's, uh, outlined. It's only a few inputs that we require from the consumer. So when a company posts the job, they do like a high level or as much information as they want. And they have like the, the introductory phone call or, or message through, you guys are going to have a built-in messaging system through the application. 
Correct. So yeah, so anybody that, that, so you post a job and you get like those bits and then you can start talk to the freelancer. Obviously you'll have an options to look at the freelancer portfolio, see what have they done, read reviews about them, what have the customers, previous customers have said about them. And then you can start the chat with them. You talk, you communicate, here's what I need, here's what I would like to get, show me some samples, they can send you some more. And then finally, when you make up your decision, then you award the job to them. That's when the actual funds gets withdrawn from your wallet, is when you award the job to someone, we put a hold on the full amount. And then based on how big the project is, either you or the freelancer get to create milestones for you. So this way they can receive their funds you know, as certain milestones get achieved if it's a big project. And again, from that balance that we put a hold on, we start passing out the funds. Obviously, you both have to okay that. And then usually the actual customer has to approve the milestones. Yeah, so then once the job is over, the milestones are approved, the payments are released, and then at any time, either of the parties can file some uh, dispute. 30 days. I think they have both 30 days to file dispute once the job is completed. After that, the job is fully 100% completed. Follow before that, there's also the star rating reviews. So you each review each other's based on your experience with that, and that's stored on a blockchain, so there is no alterations or fakeness in that review. So if 30 days, then the that would mean that neither neither party would have it. So the freelancer wouldn't be able to withdraw the earnings for 30 days? No, the, the funds will be re- released. But it's going to be an issue if they if they want to do a dispute. I mean, chances are we never had any situation even with Charlie that people will come and do a dispute like after a while. I mean, why would you want to issue a dispute if you agree to release the payment and the milestones in the first place? Most of the time what we see is that actual clients is not paying. And that's when the, the dispute happened. But if clients are already paid and, re- and accept the milestone, that means you did accept the work at that time. All right. So the issue would be on the part of the the clients not not the client, paying the clients not paying the freelancers. Yes. Okay. We've covered uh, quite a few topics so far, and I think our audience has learned a lot about labor crypto and the problems you guys are solving. So, where can listeners go to learn more about uh, labor crypto project? And if they want to get involved, there's an ongoing bounty campaign which they can participate in and earn some tokens and the tokens are the utility tokens. And they can also participate in a pre-sale too as well. Yeah. So when, what are the dates for the pre-sale or are they set yet? The date is already live. The pre-sale is live. So people can go actually and purchase. Okay, great. And also there's the bounty campaign at bounty0x.io where participants can earn some tokens and perform some tasks. So where else your website Tell everyone else where they can go to learn more about Labor Crypto. Yeah, more information can be found at LaborCrypto.com. And uh, any question, feel free to email us at uh, support at LaborCrypto.com or hello at LaborCrypto.com. My guest on the show today is Tariq Krebeck. Thank you for joining us today. And uh, we look forward to hearing more about your project in the future. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Bounty Zero X podcast. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast below. Check out BountyZeroX.io, the number one bounty hunting platform where you can complete work and earn cryptocurrency. Please consult your professional financial investment and tax advisors before making any investment in initial coin offerings. 
Bounty Zero X does not provide investment or financial advice and does not endorse or recommend investment in any ICOs advertised on the Bounty Zero X podcast or website.